Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalize the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a mummy's club you want to be a part of. Welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and today I'm joined by solo mummy, Donor Conceive, who will be sharing her remarkable and brave journey on trying to conceive as a solo mum. Welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me on the on today's yeah, podcast. So yeah, I'm solo mummy, Donor Conceive. I'm 39. I live in England. You can find me on Instagram, um, which I've I've set up really as a mixture of a few things. I suppose I was quite in one way wanted to document my journey of fertility mm-hmm. um, and to become a solo mum. So I am actually not quite there yet. So I'm going through the process. Um, I haven't got a child as of yet. And I found that when I was doing my fertility journey, I was I was starting to find a lot about the science and picking clinics and deciding on whether I wanted to go down this journey or another journey, but very much deciding on those aspects from a science medical point of view. And I knew that my understanding of this journey would really be benefited from speaking to other other mums or other parents who have been doing this journey, learning off them. Um, But I didn't want my identity, identity to be known just as yet because I haven't actually told my family and broader sort of friends of my journey so hence hence why my Instagram handle is that and also that um if you're your listeners uh want to follow me on my Instagram you'll see that my identity isn't fully known but I am I am hoping shortly for that to to change because obviously I do want to tell my family um at the right time so yeah I just wanted to use into it Instagram was a great platform, I think, to learn off other people's experiences from a non-medical point of view, so much more from a hands-on experience. But I also found it was great to really document my journey. And off the back of that, I wanted to also try and give back some of the advice I got from other people as my journey progressed. And this is actually already started, even though I haven't Um, as of yet managed to have my own child I've already started helping quite a few other people Mm -hmm. who um, have have directly messaged me and asked and reached out and just said oh how did you do this or why did you decide to do that so it's nice to sort of impart and share the knowledge within the community so um, that's really why I am known as I am on Instagram and how that started Right. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself in terms of what led you to the journey of wanting to become a solo mum. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I suppose, in a way, I've also, I've always been, always wanted to be a mother from even quite a young age. Um, I always thought that was, that was my path. But I'm also quite independent in the sense that I did want my own career as well. Mm-hmm. But I must must admit, I did sort of feel like motherhood would hopefully come sooner rather than later. So I'm 39 now, and hence why my sort of plans have changed for, from my preferred option, which um, was very much probably what a lot of young girls have, which is to be 
meet somebody, fall in love, uh, marriage, and 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 have my children with my husband. So probably right. very typical sort of um, innocent and slightly naive. And but there's every chance that that could have happened. That um, that didn't happen for me. Uh, I'm I'm not necessarily ruling that out in in the future. But my body clock was obviously reminding me that uh, that you know that times are running out a little bit. Uh, I was with a partner for about seven years, and actually we tried for quite a few years uh, to become pregnant. And so actually, I kind of, although we weren't married, which was more his preference, I I believe I was I was actually did want to marry him, and uh, so I've sort of got my head around actually not being married, but um, having children with him was more important. So that was that was a fine compromise to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sadly, that didn't, we didn't conceive. And in hindsight, that's probably what the powers above, whatever you, um, you know, believe in. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, so I do believe that that's maybe, he was not the right person to have, because sadly, right. the relationship really got quite sour um, towards the end and wasn't a very safe sort of place to be in. Environment to raise yeah. children. Yeah. And I did start to think, actually, yeah, even when I was still in the relationship, I was thinking, actually, I don't think I want to bring a child into this environment. Um, but not due to the whole pregnancy side, but actually just due to our own relationship with each other, it failed. And I stepped away. I ended it and stepped away. And I um managed to um buy my own house straight from actually splitting we owned a house together but i i managed to then do the separation and buy a place myself and funnily enough by the time we'd sort of finished our relationship we'd got to a point where we probably needed to go to the doctors to do some tests ourselves um so in my mind, I'd actually already started thinking I wouldn't be surprised if the doctor says IVF is probably what you two need to go down. Right. Um, but that we didn't actually do that part of the journey. So what I decided to do was give myself a, a, a sort of grace period where I wasn't rushing in and making big life decisions off the back of a very painful breakup because I wanted to make sure I was in a real level-headed collective rational decision rational yeah exactly I thought that was you know even though I did think this is probably what I might go down I hadn't obviously really thought of having a child without a partner having very recently still been with one and trying so I did give myself I think about sort of six months to a year from when the relationship finished to reevaluate and say right where I where am I at now do I still want to do this and and off the back of it I hadn't decided that I wanted to particularly do solo motherhood but I'd, I'd, or I had thought that's probably what I wanted to do, but not fully decided. So I just went off and decided, first step is, have I got any fertility problems? I've obviously been trying to, to conceive naturally with a, with a problem. So let's just see what my baseline you know, results yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it started. They, the doctors um, said, actually, you're, you're, you're fine. I was actually probably almost four or five years medically younger than my actual age and this was only a couple of years ago probably one and a half years ago Mm -hmm. um that I that I did this and so I thought okay well it's not too bad you know I was I was getting on in in age in some respects I felt anyway but um 
yeah, medically, it seemed to be all fine. So while I was having those conversations of results, the doctor was sort of saying, do you know what you want to do with these? Because they knew that I'd recently sort of split. And I said, I think I do, but I want to chat with through some ideas. And so they did. They spoke to me about the main topics that they spoke to me about was um, freezing eggs, solo motherhood, um, adoption, uh, fostering. Right. So we did have a bit of a chat about all those sort of things. And one of the interesting things that, uh, that they did say to me, particularly about um, freezing eggs, which is probably what I was, I was umming and ahhing probably between freezing eggs and, and, and going straight into solo motherhood, was they, they were a bit concerned that there's been a bit of a, uh, an increase in egg freezing, which on its own is not a problem, but they feel that the media that's being pushed out there to women is, don't worry, you can pause your ageing fertility side of yourself by freezing your eggs come back later and then you can have a baby and they right. said that's really not necessarily the case is what I was advised by them you know you're still you still got to then grow the baby and everything and if obviously you're that bit older yes your eggs are a bit younger but it doesn't it, it's not a given that those eggs are actually going to make you pregnant so um they, they wanted to make you know me very clear to that and I thought to myself well I don't want to be much older anyway when I'm a mother mm-hmm. so in a way I would be freezing my eggs to hopefully then meet another partner right uh, and so I had to weigh up whether I wanted to still hold out for meeting a chap or or accept and that part was actually really hard except that actually maybe I'd run out of time now and um, maybe I need to press on so, so then I, yeah, and, and with in regards to funding of why I decided to sort of, um, I, I decided we, you know, we've got an NHS system here in, in England and, and they, ha- they, it's a very postcode lottery of, yeah. of funding in regards yeah. to how I can help you. And I didn't think mine was, was very good. They basically said that I had to go through IU, six rounds six rounds of IUI self-funded before I would be considered for them to pay for one round of IVF. So IUI is, for your listeners, if they're not too sure, is, I hope to say this correctly, intrauterine insemination. Um, and it's a cheaper sort of, it's a cheaper way of, cheaper than I, IVF. IVF is in Infotro, infotro fertilization, fertilization, sorry, fertilization, mm-hmm. infotro fertilization. Um, and yeah, I just felt if I'd done six rounds of IUI and that not worked, I sort of actually sort of felt like, to be honest, I think I might want to just crack on to IVF, which they did say to me is, does have, does have nowadays a, a higher rate of success it's just a little, putting a little bit more science into it, yeah. but uh, a bit more of a procedure and stuff for it. So, yeah, I decided that actually I couldn't really wait around for NHS. If I had more time on my hands, I probably would, because um, obviously finance is a big factor. But no, so I went to a private clinic and uh, have paid for my yeah. own. Yeah. yeah, and I'm now on my third round of IBF. What do you think the misconceptions are of trying to conceive alone? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good question. That um, 
I, I think I've, I've experienced, and I'm sure the more I come out to my friends and family, I might experience more of people's reactions and misconceptions to it. But from what I've experienced so far within the facility community, um, and obviously I, I do have quite a few of my close friends who know, is a lot of it, I think, is it's just too hard to do alone. Uh, a lot of them... The process or being a parent or both? I think mostly the parent side of things. I think a lot of people don't, you know, unless you've done fertility treatment, I don't think a lot of people really know what fertility treatment is all about. Mm-hmm. I think they focus on the whole parent side, the end result of, I guess, why you're doing it, why you're doing fertility, which is obviously equally as important. Um, and I, I think there is a little bit of like, do you think you can give everything a child needs? I think there's quite a lot of misconception from that side of it. Uh, and there's been quite a lot of grieving in, in personally, actually, yeah. to, if I had to say, I would say two loving parents, and I think male and female can give really different parenting styles. I mean, we have a lot of different women who give parenting styles, obviously, but I think there is a, there is a bit of a gender difference in what they can offer. Yeah, definitely. But, I think fundamentally there's a lot of misconception over that because I, I personally think I would rather bring a child into this world who is completely loved and wanted than a child who comes into a relationship maybe that isn't stable or actually isn't loved but yet has two parents and whether that's you know two women, two men, heterosexual couple, I just think actually that's probably more impactive actually um, than, than a solo parent it because is. actually as we know a lot of the time marriages and relationships sadly don't all last so actually a lot of kids later on in their lives might well be being parent by one and, mm-hmm. and that was not that was not chosen by their parents that happened in the, in the child's lifetime. I'm I'm coming from a point of view where it's not my first choice. I would love to have been married and brought a child into this, into this world that way. But this child will be so loved and wanted. And I've thought about it and I've seen some of the hurdles, some of the difficulty that's going to come. And of course mm-hmm. there is. But I do think there's a bit of misconception over that you're not providing everything that your child needs and that maybe you're coming from a bit of a selfish point of view. Right, that, that does come across, um, but I think a lot of people don't really understand the fertility journey to it, and I don't think any person who goes through the fertility part of it would do that if you didn't, if you were not hundred percent committed to trying for a child, yeah, because it's exactly. a hell of a lot to go through emotionally, financially. So you don't go into it light-hearted anyway. Yeah, I yeah. I think one of the points that that you made in reference to becoming a solo mum I because I had the conversation with my own mother and she was like at the end of the day it's actually a better choice because the trauma of having to explain to your child me and your father didn't get on for this reason this happened the backstory Mm -hmm. of this and having to go into a lot of family toxic history that they would then reflect on themselves rather than say, you know, I really wanted a child and I made so much effort to make sure you were here. 
is mm-hmm. a lot less traumatic than having to explain, I believe, a family breakdown. Because um, as I spoke to you before in a previous podcast uh, meeting that we had, you could have a baby and then you could meet the love of your life. And then already you have already formed a family, if that makes any sense. There's many a people that go into step families. I have a stepfather myself who, who is no different from a, a, a real father. Um, mm-hmm. I'm obviously a bit older, I'm 34, but at the same time, I don't see him any less than a father than if he was there from day one, if that makes sense. So I get that there's there's always gonna be controversy on being a single parent, but at the same time, I didn't choose to be a single parent. I was with my son's father for seven years Mm. and four of those years was without a child. And the end result was us not being together and, and, and co-parenting and having quite toxic exchanges at times. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, and as well, you, you've, you've logically thought about your journey and what you're doing. So everything that, every choice that you're making, you've logically thought about. So there's no surprises, you know, so. There's difficulties in both of those paths, the paths that you've experienced and the path that, that, that I'm, that I'm, you know, on it. it it's very, very, very difficult in, in both ways. So I think it's how how you deal with it emotionally and with the, with the child, for example. And I know this hasn't been the case, you know, even a generation before. But nowadays, it's they're, they're very proactive in letting your children know exactly how they were conceived and not mm-hmm. hiding not hiding it from them. And that's a journey you have to go through with them. And you and I and I'll have to feel the answers of why don't I have a father? Why don't I have a daddy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a my... quick question as well. Do, is it still, is it a fact that um, obviously whoever you're conceiving with is an, is, are they anonymous or you will know their it identity? Which, it depends on which country um, you have the treatment in. So in, in, in England, um, they aren't, they aren't known. So it's okay. not, it's not a, not a known, not a known donor. Um, right. But no, if you if you get a, a donor, it, it depends on the country that your fertility and and actually I'm I'm quite happy with it. So the situation for for my future child will be they they have at eighteen they can um, exchange contact details, I believe, and mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's law or an expectation that they answer a few sort of genetic general yeah but more around the sort of genetics and things I think they don't have to tell the child about what they do in their you know how they live their life or anything or too much about them personally but Mm -hmm. what you know what are their parents um you know background or something so that the child would know the equivalent to what would have been the grandparents and those sort of things so there's are there's certain types of questions which which they can answer to and and I and I understand that some are much more open than, than others and some will be willing to meet and and I, I understand that actually you know I, I actually I've had very loving parents up until recent recent sort of time and I, I've actually lost my my father he he died suddenly and I'm sorry about that. I think if I didn't thank you I think if I didn't if, if that had happened when I was a child without any real memory of him as you're an adult, you look at it quite differently sometimes and you think, actually, I want to know a bit more about my identity. I, I, you know, it's part mm-hmm. of 
for a lot of people, sort of teenage years are very troublesome and you want to know who you are, you're trying to find yourself. And I can understand that, uh, that, that, that my child will, will, will at some stage most likely want to know a bit more. But I want them to start off in a journey where they know that they don't have a daddy or a father. Um, and some so people... it's something you're definitely gonna you're gonna be honest about and not hide or yeah. Or and I'm just I'm just going to talk to them in in whatever age appropriate terminology at the time. Yeah, I can um, respect that. I can because you'll go that. you'll go to nursery, you'll go to school primary school and people say what does your mummy do what does your daddy do yeah you know, I want them, it's so I want true because them... even my son at this age asks so many questions yeah but I respect the fact that you want to be honest because you could not be honest you do have that option as well um yeah. just to protect them really but the fact that you want to be honest about yeah. the whole journey and everything I respect that decision yeah and um, it's not always the easiest for the, the the person someone in my position to be because you're having to really explain how you've you know what the situation is and it might be painful for me to say but I think it's more important for the child what's it what's important for them to hear and I think um you know I'm, I'm a believer of that which I think generally is that is is a bit more the norm nowadays than what it used to be it used to be no actually don't tell them uh-huh. um, but I think they've realised the repercussions psychologically on, on donor conceived children. Dead, yeah. What has been your lowest and highest point of your journey so far? Gosh, well, it's, it certainly is a roller coaster. So there's quite a few ups and downs. Um, I'd say my lowest points, in a way, sort of grieving for not having that traditional setup of a unit of a husband or partner. I've been surprised how hard that's been for me to sort of grieve and accept myself. Um, So that that's always had times where that has really troubled me more. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing more and more comfortable with it, but more so in the earlier, earlier times that that really held me back. Actually, Mm -hmm. Uh, I realized that I needed to get round, round my head around that before I could really p- progress with this journey. The, I worry, I worry a lot what people think, which there's a part of me really? which just wants, yeah, that gets me down quite a lot. And I, there's, there's actually, um, it annoys me because I kind of think I want to be a bit more thick skinned and yeah. I know what I'm doing and I am proud of what I'm doing, but my loved ones around me, people I admire, I, I, I want, it's a human nature, I suppose, I want them to be happy for me and agree with what I'm doing. And right. I think in a way that's why I haven't told a lot of people. I've yeah. told enough people who can be a support network for me. But uh, yeah, the stress of people's opinions, you know, I live in a very rural village um, sort of community um, and it's going to probably challenge quite a few people that I know um but hopefully I can educate them as well in it but that's in a way that's a bit of a low point for me um and I suppose I mean the other sort of low point I've had is I have actually had a miscarriage so that for me that's that's that was um pretty pretty tough but only because of really the it was very early on which I'm at least grateful for um than, than it being down further down the line but um yeah, it's the, it's the sort of ups and downs that that gives you. One minute, you, you know, you're, you're you've got a on a high. 
yeah and you can go from an absolute high to a bottom low and I think that's quite challenging so that's sort of the low points of my journey in that respect um high points um I mean one thing massively was the positive pregnancy test that I had I've never I've never had a positive pregnancy test um before you know when I was naturally sort of conceiving or anything like that so that's that was just amazing burst of um hormones and energy and everything can't can't describe how amazing that was and I I suppose feeling feeling proud of myself has been I've been surprised how much I have felt proud that I'm doing this journey it's amazingly um hard and challenging but I'm proud that I've been brave enough. And I think it does take quite a bit of bravery does. to, to do it, to do this and be resilient um, with it. If you really want something hard enough and you've really thought of it in a balanced way, you know, then really, then really go for it. But it takes a lot. I've, I've had quite a few people say to me, I don't think I could do that. However much I actually would want to do it. I don't think I've got it in me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, if we had a, we had had a chat later on one of the highs would be when I had my baby in my arms (laughs) obviously the ultimate high I can't Um, wait to see you document it because I've actually been obviously I'm sure you're aware like been following you on uh, Instagram for a while so um, yeah I haven't been from the very beginning of your journey but like kind of halfway through when you got pregnant um so I can't wait to see the progression of you becoming an actual mum or are you going to document yeah. your pregnancy like from yeah. and the birth and everything I just think it would be such an inspiration for people that are going through it and just something to be proud of and look back and be like you've done all of this and then you've gone through that journey of um, definitely and I think my my account will be a lot will, will be even more active you know yeah. as my identity gets known then I, yeah. then I feel like I'm on Instagram with it but um yeah I certainly all my big milestones and 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 how I'm feeling I do you know I do put stories up and I think on my on my posts really on my board is more um a, a good journey to see where I where I'm at at what time and then my sort of um yeah my stories kind of give a bit more sort of today how anxious I'm feeling or I've got a pregnancy test tomorrow or whatever it might be because you're so passionate about your journey and honest as well so I guess that's what is quite endearing that you're so honest and passionate and you do kind of literally document your your stages so yeah and I think that would help with as you start to reveal your identity a lot more not caring about what others have to say about what you're doing if that makes any sense because I've kind of I kind of have a notion that no matter what you do people are always going to have something to say (laughs) if you met a man tomorrow and got pregnant it's like oh god isn't that too soon you know everyone always has something to say so do what makes you happy Mm -hmm. um are you still open to having a family setting and possibly having more children or do you just want the one yeah, yeah, it's it's a good question actually because um, actually I've I've recently had someone say, um, you know, assumed that I've I don't want to be with someone anymore, and uh, and I was like, no, not at all, no, not at all. Ideally, I I would still very much still want a partner, and hopefully one day a husband. And in regards to children, I would be very open to having children if I you know future children so let's say I do I do have my own child through this fertility of myself with only mm-hmm. conceived 
and that all comes off. Uh, I, I would actually very like, very much like to have siblings. And yeah. let's say I'm still on my on my own for that journey. I I suppose that the only thing that hesitation I've really got over it is will I be financially able to go through IVF again and bring up mm-hmm. a second a child, so two children on my salary. I'm sort of I'm on a sort of middle management um, salary, so that's good. But I know it's going to be challenging, and I've got no buffer in the sense of you know childcare and nursery and things like that. Are really expensive here in England. They are. <laughs> yeah. They are. <laughs> I knew so about that like before. Okay, I, I immigrated to another country, but literally the expense of childcare period is a lot. Yeah, so. is a lot. Is a lot. So I think if it if I'm still on my own, I, I sadly think a sibling um, will will come down a lot to the restriction of financially where I'm at. But I'm uh-huh. going. I'm, I'm already doing everything I can to try and put myself in a situation where I can have a sibling because that is what I would like. Um, in regards to a partner, future husband. Yes, I very much would like to, if I had a second child um, in, in a comfortable, secure family partnership, then yes, then that would be that would be really lovely as well. And I'm, I suppose I'm also at this age, being 39 now, that if I did meet a guy now, there's a good chance that, that he might well have children himself. Yeah, so exactly. there's that mix as well. So, so, and that's and that would be a whole nother challenge, which obviously a lot of lots of families nowadays contend with is is bringing other um, other children in, into the mix. So yes, I yeah. am I am very much open to, to that. I I do just hope in a way that I have my own child before being in a situation where I'm encompassing someone else's child. I think right, I would find right. that, in that, a way yeah. I've had my own first, but. Yeah. yeah. And a good thing about your journey as well is that when you do meet someone, the your child's obviously father side, paternal side, that person can literally slot in as their parent because there's no sort of history of having to deal with any sort of toxic exchanges with their father yeah. or anything like that would be their only um role as a father if that makes any sense and even better if you can see with them and have a a sibling with them you know they can literally grow as full-blooded siblings yeah it's interesting as well the terminology which you use there because I in my mind at this moment in time I would never want to refer to let's say my future partner as a father or dad to my mm-hmm. child I feel at the moment I'm going to be very much led by them I think if they get to a stage where they are comfortable enough that let's say I don't know the name's John or something that they that actually they don't want to call it him John they want to call him dad and mm-hmm. because that's how they now see him and he's that much embedded in our life and that sort of thing I, I think I will very much be led by the child's preference at that stage um because I don't want that. I don't want to put my terminology, I suppose, on, on onto them. Because yeah. technically, he's not the father. No, um, right. And yeah, so I, th- I think it's 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 uh, it's more where they feel. In regards to role models of, of of males, I am very aware that I want to I want to give my child male role models to have as much of a balanced sort of look on life. I mean, actually there's loads of different role models of different characters of people that I want Mm -hmm. to expose my, you know, my children to, but I, there are definitely, um, and whether that's my current, you know, uncles, 
um, or if it's my friend's husband's, um, whatever sort of males I have in my in my world, I will probably speak to a couple of them and say, I'd really, you know, you can't force a relationship, but I'd really like you to be a male role model yeah. for my children. And I'm saying that as opposed to it being a given because I am aware of the lack of male role model um, at, in the home that my mm-hmm. child will have. So you've yeah. raised him. What valuable piece of advice would you give to a woman who is embarking on a similar journey as you are? Oh, um, I think ex- one thing I cottoned on to quite early on, which has really helped me throughout this is, and I, I, it was never explained to me in this way, but this is how I've kind of looked at it as my journey has gone is expect a marathon. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if you get a sprint, great. I think you've got to, you've got to have a bit of resilience about you to, to keep going. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to, it, it's not just a sort of, I don't want that naivety in, in women to think, Oh, all I need to do is go to a doc- doctor's for a couple of times, take some drugs, have some injections, and here mm-hmm. we go, I've got a child. Um, because actually, I mean, even IVF is, is, is not a guarantee for a child. You know, it mm-hmm. gives you a really good damn chance at it, but it's not, nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, save, saving lots of money, which I think yeah. is quite a, <laughs> quite a given. And uh, I still haven't felt the full force of it in, in regards to child costs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you never know how much of your savings and your salary is going to be used on fertility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a scary thing. And it, it does scare me. And I'm I'm OK at the moment, but I could use everything up in my savings for it. So, um, yeah, I think saving money is a big one. But also just. Just speak, speak to people, you know, I've learned a lot of people who are already further down the line than me. And mm-hmm. I've seen different opinions and different views which you don't necessarily, you know, obviously agree, but it helps. It challenges you on your own. It gives you a forum to ask questions mm-hmm. um, and doesn't matter how silly you think they are. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have asked the same questions. So remembering things like that. Don't, I, I'm personally of the opinion in my journey that I've tried not to get bogged down with reading a hundred books, listen, yeah. you know, lots of research, medical papers, I want to be balanced and knowledgeable, yes, but I don't want to lose myself down this sort of dark rabbit hole effect of of, too, of being overwhelmed too much by by the sort of science the information or, and yeah, information overload. So I've just done it at a, at a steady pace and just make sure that um, what information if you pick it if you gather a bit of information which you're going to fundamentally make a big decision on. Just make sure it's come from a really good source, you know, because, uh, um, you know, especially with things like social media, it's generally people's opinions about things or their experiences, you know. So, so, you know, just make sure you're getting it from a good source. Yeah, would probably be my advice to women. But go, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't be yeah. don't be put off. But just know as much as you can what you're going into. You're never going to totally know what you're letting yourself into. It's like any parent who first time parent. Actually, exactly. they don't know really what they're letting themselves in for, but as much as you can, and just be brave and, and go with it. Yeah, well, I think that's a great piece of advice because 
obviously, as you said, like just as going into parenthood, you don't actually know what you're going to expect. But it, nevertheless, the journey is beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for joining today and being so honest and open about your journey. I can't wait until you conceive and we can see thank your journey. You. And I would love for you to come back once you have your baby and just give us well, an thank update. You. Yeah. On, um, on how things are going and stuff quick question do you want a boy or a girl or you, you <laughs> I I really I really don't mind and I never I never really have and I'm also I'm also of the opinion that I don't actually want to find out either and I know it's very popular to find oh out <laughs> no I want that to be a, a surprise so that's great I, I am like I said before I'm in my third round of IVF uh and I'm at a very exciting stage now I'm in my two week wait so mm-hmm. I am days away from taking a pregnancy test which is a really really big thing so um, hopefully this will be the last this will be the last round but yeah I just uh, I don't mind if it's a girl or boy well fingers crossed and sending positive vibes thank you so much again for joining it was a pleasure having you yeah it really was it really yeah. was lovely to speak with you Thank you for listening in to this week's episode. Feel free to leave a comment, like and share this episode. If you want a chance to be a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me a DM on my Instagram, which is at the mummy warriors. See you next week.